Welcome back to another exciting episode of Black News. But before we get started with tonight's guest, who you're going to really love, I want to send a special thank you and acknowledgement to Howard Sandifer and his wife Darlene. They are the founders of the Chicago West Community Music Center on the West Side. And this whole video podcast was their idea. They said, let's have lively conversations with our favorite entertainers and newsmakers. So, with that in mind, let's have another lively conversation. Tonight's guest is Chicago legend, Joan Colasso. Oh my God, she is, she's very special, she's very dear. I've seen her from, from afar. I'm gonna get up close and personal with her today. Um, but she um, she's also a giver to the next generation of promising artists with her program, Timeless Gifts. Along the way, she did an amazing one-woman show, Nancy Wilson and Shirley Horn, that I can't wait to talk to her about. But listen, let me just stop and let her tell her story. Ladies and gentlemen, Ms. Joan Colasso. How Thank are you? Thank you so much, Clarence. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I am very honored to be here amongst so many greats that you have already interviewed. Oh, you're so kind. Thank you. Thank you. Now, you are the founder of Timeless Gifts Performing Arts Program. Tell us about that. What, where did you get it started? Why did you start it? What are, what are your hopes and dreams? Uh, Timeless Gifts um, name has morphed over the years. I'll tell you why later. But currently, it is called, it's always Timeless Gifts. And then at the end of parentheses, it is now uh, Performing Arts Program for Youth and Young Adults. Okay. Um, we started Timeless Gifts actually as a um, concert idea because I'm a performer. And uh, at the time, um, my mentor, who's no longer with us, Juanita Passmore, and my husband, Larry Hanks, and I would meet and talk about, you know, what, after we had done the Nancy Wilson, you know, what could we do next? We had incorporated some young people in Nancy Wilson. It was a wonderful success. And uh, I have to give credit to Ms. Passmore. She says, you got to always have the young people involved in what you're doing. And I agree with her 100%. And so uh, eventually came up with this idea, a concert idea, actually, uh, to pair aspiring performers with, prof with professional, world-class, in-the-business performers. And we were going to make it a Christmas concert. It was called Timeless Gifts Christmas Duets mentoring concert and the this is what the young people would get for having been mentored under the performer uh uh in whatever their discipline was um for that time that it took to rehearse for the concert and the timeless gifts would be also to that performer who helped that young person to be able to say that I was a part of their life. And when they go off and do these great things that we know they're going to do, I have the personal satisfaction of knowing that I had a little tiny part in that. So that's how the con that's how I started with a concert. Um, the concert was wildly successful. It was at Kennedy King College at the time in 2010. It was wildly successful. And 
more so than just like so many people came, but people did come, but it was just the feeling, the spirit, the uplifting, the tears, the laughing, the kids trying so hard and, you know, the camaraderie on stage, all of that just tugged at all, all your parts. It just blew us all away. So we said, okay, this is, this is it. We're going to do this annually. And uh, somewhere between December and February of 2011, it got impressed on my heart that that's just not enough. That wasn't enough. During that time, I'm sure you remember, and I know Howard remembers uh, that uh, the arts were being taken out of the schools. During that time, it was really, really bad. It was just getting started. It was a thing. And um, that was a part of the reason why I felt like just having to get on parade them on stage and do a concert, you know, um, even though I knew that this two, three weeks of rehearsal would be invaluable to them, rehearsing with professionals, but it just wasn't enough. So uh, I said, I wonder, could we do like a program, a whole program where they get to study with instructors and rehearse for six weeks and then present this, ta-da, this program that would be so much better and we give them so much more and be so much rewarding for them. And uh, a lot of my friends agreed with me. We formed a board and uh, to, I think in April of 2011, we became a 501 C3 and the rest is history. That's how we started. Wow. Okay. So how many folks have gone through your program today, do you think? We've had quite a few. I, 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 um, I was just uh, being uh, rep- reprimanded by another very wonderful person because, you know, I'm a, I'm a vocalist. I am not a uh, statistician. Uh, stats, the person that keeps stats. <laughs> so I probably need somebody like that in my group. But um, I would say about 500, I would say. Okay. Um, and then the reason why we call it youth and young adults is because when they come to Timeless this, they don't want to leave. They never leave. And I fall in love with them and I don't want them to leave. So we have expanded the age and expanded the age and expanded the age so that they can always come back uh, to us. So that's okay. why it's hard for me to put a number on it. Okay. And I know that you did a trip abroad with some of the children in the program, didn't you? Didn't that you was know? one of the most amazing things oh. in my life and yeah. definitely in theirs. Some of those young people hadn't even been on a plane before, much less gone out of the country. We we facilitated 36 passports. That was a feat in itself. And we coordinated all the, so there were performers, young performers, and then uh, that many adults in their families and their, that wanted to go with us. So there were 36 of us. And uh, we did a, um, a week in Milan, three uh, performances, and we uh, visited two schools. And it was, it was just a, um, an amazing experience. And they did so well with the concerts that we, we actually got invited back in 2020 for a five-city tour, including Paris and Rome, and then mm-hmm. COVID hit. Yep. And we couldn't do it. And it's mm-hmm. been hit, it's been hit and miss ever since, you know, like, oh, maybe 2021. No, COVID came back. Oh, maybe this year, but we started thinking about it too late. We might have been able to pull it off, but we're going back in 2023. All right. All right. All right. So you hold a a bachelor's degree in music from Chicago State. How has that degree helped you in your career? Okay. 
So I was one of those uh, students and it's, it's a testimony, right? Mm. I was not the best uh, of students. I was very busy and active and social. And um, I was in all of the singing aggregations anywhere I went to college and all of that. And um, the last place I landed was uh, Virginia Union University. And that's where my parents met and they married and, and all of that. So I went there and um, <clears throat> halfway through the first semester, my friends that I uh, was doing music with, uh, I'm sure you may remember, may know some of the names, uh, uh, Robert Irving III, uh, Randy Hall, uh, Felton Cruz, um, and um, Stephen LaFlora. We all had a group together here in Chicago called um, First, we called it AL7, and we called it Data. Um, and we thought we were getting a record deal. So I was like, Mom, Dad, sorry, got to go. So mm. I left school. <laughs> and the, the deal did not go through, but then I started working. I started doing jingles. I started making all this money, um, you know, and things were just happening. So that's how my life kind of went. And, and then I got married, and I started having children. And uh, I did try to go back to school. Um, and then while I was in school, I was my, I got pregnant while I was married. I got pregnant. And then, you know, my crazy mind was like, I can't be in school. I'm already too old. Now I'm pregnant. I quit. So I was having, you know, this is my testimony. This is, the, this is what happened. Yes. And, uh, yes. and then I started fast forward to 2011. I started Timeless Gifts and all these young people that I'm trying to be in charge and tell them that they need to, their education. And I said, you can't do it. You have to go back. So I went back to school in 2016. Mm. <laughs> think about yeah. that yeah yeah think about that I went back in 2016 in the uh uh winter semester and I I used to post on Facebook God must really have a, a sense of humor he says you're gonna do this for real this time you're gonna do it in this cold bitter wind <laughs> it was cold but I made it through and uh I I made it uh I graduated magna uh, cum laude Ooh, and yeah. uh I am able to say to my students, this is the most valuable thing about my degree, is that I'm able to say to my students that it is never too late to uh, accomplish your goals. So, yes, it makes it gives me validity. Uh, of course, it gave me more education and more knowledge about what a lot of things that I already knew, but it, I know more about it now. But the most valuable thing for me in my experience was to be able to, for my young people to say, Mama, Mama Joan went back, you know, in her da-da-da-da-da years and did that thing. That's a good, great story. Great testimony. Great testimony. Now, you also won an Emmy for a PBS special about Chicago. What was that about? That was like 1988, maybe? Yeah, that was, that, yeah, that was back <laughs> when I was, come on, come on, come on, let's do this. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was working with the Kuumba Theater, uh, Val oh, yeah. Ford. Yes, okay. and yeah, uh, yes, yes, part of my my background and why I am the way I am is, is Val Gray Ward and okay. uh, other people. Um, 
And uh, so I had done several things with her. We we went to Japan for the Sister Cities Festival. We were in, uh, we did the Montreal Jazz Festival back in those days. And um, she decided she wanted to do this uh, thing for PBS. I'm sure she had some sort of um, relationship where it was possible. And I was a part of that. And, and the name of the show was Precious Memories, Strolling 47th Street. And it was a documentary about all of the great music that went on in 47th Street and what happened. Um, it was, uh, you know, a lot of uh, interviews and interspersed with music. And it was just a beautiful piece. And I was just blessed to be a part of it. Everyone in the cast received an Emmy for that PBS special. Wow. That, would that air again, do you think? On PBS? The last time, I don't know. The yeah. last time I saw it was actually... Uh, um, DuSable Museum did a special screening of it a few years back and uh, this is my husband coming in the door and um, I, I came I went there and they interviewed Val and all of that so it was really more of a historical piece but I haven't seen it on um, broadcast in years right right now you were on the show Empire what what role did you play were you just a vocalist or were you Tell me, tell me. I was just a, I was just a vocalist. Um, I'll have to start, you know, I, I always try to give credit where credit is due. Uh, one of my dearest friends and brothers in, in, in the world and in the business is Jeff Morrow. Um, and Jeff Morrow, um, after many years of doing many, many great things, producing vocals for people and not getting credit, he finally landed this job as the vocal producer for Empire. And uh, I have been in, I can't even tell you, hundreds of, of situations with Jeff as the leader. And so he, when he got an opportunity to um, uh, use vocals, he called us in. We call ourselves A-Team Chicago. And uh, so we came in and we did the session. It was a session with Jesse at the time. He was not, you know, a buzzword. And um we did the session with Jesse and it was uh, an episode, I think it was season three, maybe. And he was um, writing a song and he needed background vocals. So we did the background vocals and right in the middle of the session, the producer came in and said, you guys are great. Do you want to be on camera? And we were like, oh, of course we want to be on camera. So we that turned into a three day shoot. Um, and I think it was toward the end of... Uh, season three for Empire. And then I, I came back over different different periods and just sang background in the in the uh in the studio where I wasn't seen. But in that particular one, I think I was seen in two episodes. And yeah. that was the end of it. All right. That's cool. That's cool. And you also worked with Oprah Winfrey. Were you a guest on her show or what was that about? Same thing. Same thing. It's it's my it's basically uh um uh, let's see. So, um, Wayne Lindsay, who, um, was known for several things. He was, um, on the tonight show. Uh, he was, I think he was, um, a part of the band for, um, American Idol, uh, was it American Idol? Um, and all of yeah. that. Anyway, he was hired to come to Chicago to, uh, to do some, uh, music behind artists that were coming to be on, a special, it might have been a holiday show now, so long ago, for Oprah. And um, when he was coming, he needed singers. And he called 
um, my good friends, uh, Pomon and Masequa, uh, my, uh, uh, Pomon Rami and Masequa Myers, you know them, I'm sure. Yeah. In, oh, yeah. Yeah. And they said, oh, you need to call Joan Colasso. That's why I, I tell my kids, that's a lesson. Don't burn any bridges, treat people with respect, do what you say you're going to do, be on time, have integrity and character, and people will remember you and you'll get into situations. Not because you're so talented, because if you're talented and you're not going to be there when I say be there, I'm not going to call you. Exactly. <laughs> I just went into a whole thing, but I'm just saying uh, it, it was a blessing, you know, just out of nowhere, they recommended me. And that's how I ended up pulling a group together to uh, do um, several things on Oprah. Um, we sang a uh, background for Mary J. Blige. I think it was a holiday special. Oh, okay. uh, Bocelli, okay. Bocelli, Andrea Bocelli was there. He did a, a a duet with Mary and we sang background vocals and Sugarland was there. And we got to sing background vocals for them. Um, and um, um, uh, I can't call her name. She plays piano, light-skinned, beautiful girl. Alicia, uh, Keys. Alicia hmm. Keys. Alicia Keys was there. We got to, you know, sing. So we got to interface with those people um, and uh, on the breaks and things and sing background for them. And that was one. And then we did another one um, um, after that. They called us again because we did a good job and we showed up on time. Yeah. And <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. So now let's go to your one woman show. It should be Nancy Wilson and Shirley Horn. That had to be a beautiful moment. And you must have loved these two women as well. Talk Absolutely. about that. Uh, well, I'm a daddy's girl. And my father was in love with Nancy Wilson when I was a, a, a girl. And I I uh, didn't appreciate it at the time, you know, but I didn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, so he was in love with Nancy Wilson. Um, and, you know, in later years, I, I fell in love with her as well, um, just with with everything about her as a woman looking at another woman singer, uh, her style, her beauty, her grace, you know, and her voice, all of that. And then uh, Shirley Horn was someone I described, I discovered on my own and fell in love with her. And so uh, by the time I got to uh, 2010, when I, that was the first time I did, that was like my year, I guess. Um, that was the first time I had done, um, the tribute to Nancy Wilson and Shirley Horn. My father had passed in 2008. So it was kind of a, a tribute to him. I think mm -hmm. I may have said as much in the beginning of the show. And um, and it was a basically a one woman show. I did have dancers. And the first time that I did it, I had about 13 people in the cast. I had, I uh, introduced um, Thaddeus Tooks on uh, Vibes. <clears throat> he was, uh, I think, 16 or 17 years old at the time. I had a young lady on violin that was 14 that was out of this world. Who knows? She might be in, you know, who knows where she is now. And um, but it was a wonderful experience. My husband, Larry Hanks, um, always my um, MD, uh, wrote out all the charts. And we know we did a, the full the full production, wigs, makeup gowns changing change changing changing and um it was very very well received i did it a few times and i may you know bring it back it's, it's a timeless piece and i am uh, very proud of the work that we put in to make that show successful we did it at dusable museum 
Great, great, great. So now when I think of Nancy Wilson, I think of her dear friend, Mary D. Yes. I would suspect that you also knew Mary D. Didn't you, weren't, you, weren't your friends? Yes, we were. I used to call her one of my queens. I have queens, women yes. that I revere. And yes. Mary D was at near the top of that list, um, near my mom. Well, I'm going to say near. Um, and uh, it's just, it's funny. I mean, I would see her places and we would stop and chat, but the bulk of our conversation were at the beauty salon. <laughs> that's really? where we became friends. <laughs> we had the same hairstylist. And that's also the same, that's also what happened with Michelle uh, uh, Obama. I, she, we had the same hairstylist and we would be in there together and there would just be conversation, you know, kind of barbershop if, you know, to something you can relate to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Now you also opened for NDRE. Was that here in Chicago? Yes, but uh, I opened, um, I played many times at the African Festival um, of the mm -hmm. Arts. And that's where that happened also with Jeffrey Osborne. Um, okay. Yeah, but the year that I opened for um, India Ari, I was just a performer. The year that I opened for uh, Jeffrey Osborne, I had the opportunity to curate and manage the entire uh, stage uh, on that that. Friday or Saturday, I want to say, I I curated the whole stage and 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 what I tried to do was put together a comprehensive look at music in Chicago. So I had gospel, I had um, uh, R and B, I had tap, I had I, I had blues. I pulled out the stops and I told you I got fifteen minutes each. We're gonna make this a really boom 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 show. That's kind of like my thing, and it was really great. And then the next day was my turn and I got to open for Jeffrey Osborne. Wow. So what kind of experience was that for you though? Just to open for him? It was outstanding. It was amazing just to know that I was on the stage that he would be coming behind. And then when and then afterwards I didn't I didn't really meet him until after the show. Cause you know, stars are in their trailer and you know, you don't want to Hi, it's me. I just want to say, you know, so I just stayed in mine. And um, after the show, uh, we did some press together and I got an opportunity again to have um, a little bit of conversation with him, you know, hug up and take a couple of pictures and that. And he was very gracious, very humble, just a very sweet man. But I want to say his music is my era. So he was just jamming. He kept, he played all those jams. I could relate to all, I was singing all the lyrics because, you know, being a singer as a young person, I knew all the lyrics. I knew all the runs. I knew all the, I used to call them ickets. I know every icket in your song. I told okay. them every icket in your song. Okay. <laughs> so now what does it feel like to be called a legend, legendary singer, performer? How do, how do you feel about that? Do you like that name, that title? I don't know if I, you know, I don't feel like I'm a legend. I, I just, honestly speaking, I just am someone who, as my mama would say, just kept putting one foot in front of the other. That's, that's, that's who I am. And I have had some incredible opportunities and I pray that I have taken the most advantage of those opportunities as I possibly could and been the best me that I could have been in those opportunities and they build up and I'm really just grateful so if someone if someone calls me a legend I'm like 
thank you. I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm not going to say it makes me feel old. I'm just going to say, thank you. <laughs> you, you're funny. You're funny. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Let's keep on going. Okay. Who, who or what inspired your passion for music? I'm sure the little girl or whatever. Tell me. Yeah, I, I have to say, you know, I have the uh, uh, a similar story to a lot of um, African American singers. Of course, I started in church. Yes. And uh, you know, my mom was like many black mamas back then. Uh, you could sleep in in church. You you may you may as well not even try it. Get up, put your clothes on. We're going. And so you know that was kind of like uh going to church you know until you get older and you understand about you know and you know god for yourself you know it's kind of like that and then but what what drew me and and what i happen to know is before you may even get a sense of what what your relationship to anything is going to be if you can make it fun they'll come and they grow as they go so that's what happened with me. I came to church like, okay, you know, she immediately, so my daughter can sing. So she put me in the choir. Okay. She did the right thing. So now I'm beating her getting up because I want to go sing. And so uh, that was, that was that. But my inspiration for singing jazz came from my dad. My dad had a whole setup in, in he had a music room. He had it all set up. He had his, you know, his, um, uh, record player and the speakers and his uh, easy chair and he would just sit there and listen to music and I would you know he only had one chair and as I had to sit on the floor I would sit on the floor and listen to music with my dad and he and my father his name is James Madison Walton senior he was a, a circuit court judge in the city of Chicago oh, um, really? you know, yes and he you know he had a long a long journey before he got to that, but people know him as that, James Walton. And we lived on the West Side, 3911 West Gladys. And uh, I went to Original Providence Baptist Church, which is currently at 515 North Pine. And I go visit every now and again. So I'm West Side. Don't get me wrong. I live on the South Side, but I'm West Side. So um, anyway, we would sit and he would, uh, uh, he was a history major. He was a judge, you know, he was very smart, very introspective. So he would give me the whole business while we were listening to the songs. And uh, the, just the uh, being there with my dad and having those precious moments, I think as a kid um, contributed to the feeling that I feel when I hear music, especially certain music like jazz, cause I got it from him. And uh, so I think he was the start of it. I think my mom taking me to church and then the experiences with my dad and then the mentors that I had along the way, Lena McLean, Val Gray Ward, Frank Suggs when I went to college. Um, uh, yeah, but that was the beginning of it. Wow, that's amazing moments. Um, what was your big break? Was it the TV and radio commercials that you did that sort of gave you the beginning of of your career or or yeah, I you know, big break. I had a lot of breaks. I had a lot of breaks, some of them you call big. Just a, a I there's not like I'm not my, you know, I'm not a Michael Jackson, I'm not a that type of person. I'm I am a working musician and proud of it. Um and so 
I've just had a lot of breaks and a lot of opportunities. I can't identify for you one that seemed like it was uh, more important than the other. Well, yeah, getting called to sing background for Stevie Wonder. Okay, that was my big break. Yeah, getting called to sing uh, background for Aretha Franklin in the last year of her career and then being called to come and honor her at her funeral service, you know, along with my my uh, compadres. Um, that Those types of things, you know, more so than this big break and then I was a star. You know, I, I can't, I don't have that story. I got you, I got you. Well, actually my next question is is performing with the masters, Aretha Franklin and Stevie Wonder. So with Aretha, what was the, was it the last year tour that you were on? I know you sang at the funeral because I saw you there. I know you were there, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but yeah, so with Aretha, what, what years were you on the road with her? I want to say we did our first concert with her in 2016. Now she wasn't doing a whole lot because she had been sick. She would the concert that we did with her in it was in Boston. And I want to say it was 2016. I could be lying. It could be not lying, but mistaken. Um, it could have been 2017, but not certainly not past there. No, 2016, because she passed in 2018. So it was 2016. And uh, it was in Boston. She had been ill and, you know, had to cancel several concerts uh, and she was ready to start again. Uh, my good friend, uh, Fred Nelson, was her uh, MD yep. and and uh, also Chicago. And he called us um, and said, you know, she's ready to go back on the road. Uh, she had a, a, you know, she she could have whoever she wanted as a singer or as a band member, or sing wherever she wanted. She was the queen. She was the queen, real. And she knew it. We knew it. She knew it. So when she decides she want a whole new band and some new singers, that's what she got. So that's how we got in. She wanted a whole new thing. And so we had to go in the studio. We went in the studio with Fred, and we sang background to some of my beloved Aretha Franklin songs. Like, okay, let's sing these. And uh, he... <laughs> And he presented the uh, recordings to her and she said she accepted us. And um, so we did the first thing in uh, in Boston. And um, after that, um, we we did a, a few, you know, she wasn't doing a whole lot. The last concert I did with her, uh, I know I remember we went to Poughkeepsie, Poughkeepsie, we went to Mohe Mohegan something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a nine thousand seater. It was packed to the gills, and um, um, what's the gentleman's name that produced um Alicia Keys? What was her What was her producer's name? Got me. He was also he was in the audience. He was all he also had worked with. His name may come to me by before the end of the uh, but he was he was a big deal. Uh, he was there that night, and um, the last concert that we did with her was actually in Chicago at the Chicago theater. Oh, okay. okay. I think she did one more that we did not do uh, before. That was her last concert. I don't think she right. did anymore after that, that right. I know. Of. Right. 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 She was a consummate professional. She never came to rehearsal. She okay. recorded everything and she was a musician. So you couldn't get away with anything with her. She recorded everything. And in my imagination, because of how pristine her performances were, 
she would um she would change her you know she didn't do the same show she had mm-hmm. all this material she could pick you know so she would say mm, i feel like i'm gonna do this this time and then we would do the rehearsal they would record the rehearsal present her with the recording or make a phone call and then uh she would make the changes she wanted to make in the singing and in the in the band because she was a musician and then i in my imagination i see her in her home or in her hotel listening to those recordings and singing and and because she was so perfect every single time she was perfect and then you know even stories that i've heard about her um they say she knows she had one day to learn it and she showed up and she was perfect that makes me know that she was the consummate professional she worked it and worked it and worked it until she had it perfect so um th- that was the thing and then she was also uh she loved the lord and she made that clear in every single uh performance and she always came to the piano at a certain point in her performance and uh played and and thrilled the people you know the first one that we did was the one that sticks out in my mind because i had to sing the high note on um <laughs> oh lord ain't no, ain't no way ain't no way i had to sing the high note. and i was at alto but they were like you're gonna have to do it. if you can't do it we're gonna get somebody i was like i can sing the note but i'm the alto so but yeah I got, I had to sing that high note and, and I, I just couldn't even settle myself because I'm, this is my first time I got to sing high note. And once we got past that song, it was fun after that. And then she came to the piano and she did bridge over troubled waters. Mm. I was like, Oh Lord, Oh Lord, I'm not going to make it. Don't put the camera on me because the tears were coming. I looked down there. Everybody was crying. I said, Aretha was crying. We were crying. I was like, this is ridiculous. It was just, mm. it was really something. You I'm have feeling that thing now. Say it again. I said, I'm feeling it now. Yeah, you got great, great memories. So how I, about Stevie Wonder? How about him? Where, uh, what did you do with him? Uh, Stevie Wonder. Okay. He, uh, we were allowed to come and sing in addition he had his own background singers okay that traveled with him but there were some numbers that he wanted a choir feel and that's how we got the call uh um he had uh, his background his the singers from new york uh knew a friend of mine here in chicago and uh we were able, he put a group together of us i think there were five or six of us and we sang we got to sing that with him and um and one other song so uh and then and then we did it in chicago at the uh united center and it was like it was such a thrill because we were backstage that was the biggest part about it we were backstage and he was like right there. And then, you know, we got opportunity to shake his hand and interface with him for a couple of seconds. Uh, and I found that Stevie Wonder is bigger than life. Of course he is, but he is really bigger than life. He is a whole company. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if, if everything was, everything was very much like a, uh, almost like a TV show, the way that it was uh, organized and run. 
you over here. This person is going to iron your clothes if you need them. And then, you know, it was very well, it was a well-oiled machine. And, uh, but the, the greatest pleasure for me was to be on the stage with him singing those few songs that we got to sing be behind him. And, uh, and then being able to stand right there and look at him sing and see the emotion on his face when he one song he sang and I'm I'm gonna have to go back and look through the album he got so emotional I tell you that's the thing if you know if it's not in your heart you're not gonna touch one person you can sing riffs until your neck falls off but if it's not coming from your heart that man you know that he's feeling it all down in his bones when he sings and so that was the best part, you know, not not having to see it on the screen or not being way back in the concert, but being right there to experience. And he also had uh, Indy Irie on that tour with him. Oh, OK. Yeah. So she sang every night. And so we did the United Center and I thought that would be it. But we got called to we did a uh, one uh, couple of performances, uh, one in Detroit, I think, and then another one in Ohio. So, mm hmm. Wow. Yeah, wow. that was a great experience. It really was. Oh, yeah. And then uh, the last time, you know, he, they plan out who he's going to interface with because there's so many people. Everybody wants to be yeah. there with him. You can't yeah. just bring Stevie Wonder out and let people have at him. So you have to say, okay, tonight, these people are going to get a chance to be with him. And tonight, these people. So we got our night. Uh, one night he came uh, and he took pictures with us. And it was very planned. It wasn't impromptu at all. Very planned. Tonight is your night. Be there, be square. Take this picture. Say what you got to say. <laughs> That's the way it was. And then one time when we were um, either, I think we were in Ohio, um, he walked to the stage with us. And that was really a thrill. He walked to the stage with us, his people all around. And we all walked together. Usually we walked by ourselves and he came separate. But you know, they planned it. And um, we got a big circle together and we prayed and he spoke to all of us and he told us that he really appreciated us. I was like, wow, you know, I didn't, I, yeah. So he he definitely makes sure that people un, uh, know that he appreciates what's going on and he's not so big that he can't, you know, let you know that you good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going back to you, and you have, I believe, seven CDs to your credit. Are you working on something, something new for us now, or you know, you're not going to say? Well, no, no, I'm going to say, uh, no, <laughs> not right now. Uh, we have a lot of uh, new music in the can. I am considering several things. Uh, when I look at the span of my career, my life, the things that I have done, the things that I've had to do. Uh, that I wouldn't, I guess, necessarily have done had I been the queen. Um, and I'm uh, I'm to a point now where I'm trying to decide, you know, am I going to stop doing things that I don't want to do anymore? Or am I, am I going, you know, because as a singer, you can only do you or you can be a working musician, which is what I am. And uh, I have been a working musician all of my career, um, but I've also tried to intersperse it with uh, building a personal career of my own with my CDs and with, you know, the traveling that I do and 
um, all of that, but it, I've always done it all. And I <laughs> was just listening to uh, T.D. Jakes and he was like, have you ever thrown your whole weight behind anything? And I've had to think about that. I'm like, I've always been all over the place. And so I'm really trying to make a decision if I want to, you know, I mean, timeless gifts is there. That's a big chunk of my life now. So that's what makes it difficult for me to concentrate on myself because uh, I'm concentrating on these babies and making sure that, you know, that I keep my word of what I said I was going to do for them, whoever they are. Um, but I think I want to be me now, Clarence. I think I want to just be me. So whatever that means, the next thing I do, it is going to be what I want to do. And it's going to be me. You don't have to be huge. It just needs to be true. Wow. <laughs> I have enjoyed talking to you. I can't believe the time is going so quickly. Mm. So one last question. So anything else on your mind that you would like to share? Anything else on your mind? Anything else that you want to talk no, about? No, I just want to say um, that I am just so proud of the uh, all of the pr progress that's being made to try to corral all of our young people. There's so many wonderful programs out there. Howard and his wife. Um, I commend the work that you're doing. Uh, you're an inspiration to me. Um, and uh, I look forward to the time when we'll get to partner. Um, and um, I want to say that I, I feel incredibly blessed to have had uh, the career that I've had so far and to have been able to uh, meet with such people who have a like mind uh, about our young people. Um, we have done some amazing things with them and we would never have been able to do these amazing things. And I know how it knows unless people supported us. So I, I'm, I, uh, I'm grateful for the support, the wonderful support, this unimaginable support that we have gotten in order to allow us to do these great things for our young people. I look forward to doing more. Can I do a commercial? Yes, you can. Timeless Gifts is um, getting ready for our 13th annual Christmas Duets Mentoring Concert. You are invited, sir. Howard, you and your wife are invited as our, my guest, if you want to come, if you can come, please let me know offline and I'll make sure you get one of our fabulous invitations. Um, anyway, it's December 11th at the Logan Center, which is a Sunday and uh, we'll be celebrating. The, the young people will be singing. Uh, we have a very special guest that I won't talk about now, but if you come, you're going to be glad you were there. And so uh, I just would like to invite everybody to, you know, keep supporting, keep supporting because we can't do it without you. Well, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it.